0: hello and welcome to another episode of what sports this is your host mike jones here with you and this is a special nfl kickoff episode of what sports we're going to be doing a uh, overview of the league throw out some predictions of who's going to win the divisions and talk a little bit about fantasy football in this episode uh just start off, we're going to take a look at each go division by division, uh, kind of doing an overview of the teams and who I think is are going to win them. And I'm going to start off with the NFC East, a division that gets uh, more than its fair share of coverage, in my estimation, from national media. Um, it'll be another interesting year. I mean, it was already an interesting offseason in this division, just looking at the Washington uh, <laughs> artists formerly known as the Redskins, the Washington football team, which as I have the NFL app up right now looking at it, it is kind of interesting to note that they still have Washington Redskins listed here. Although they do have the new logo placed next to it. Um, That whole drama unfolded this offseason and really it was just kind of a circus act. And I don't expect the team to be much better than that. Uh, Dwayne Haskins will be entering the second year of his tenure in the NFL But he did not show much last year to uh, say that he's going to be anything above maybe an average starting quarterback. And he doesn't really have much around him to help him out. Adrian Peterson was recently released by the Washington Redskins, since picked up by the Detroit Lions. With that, there's a little bit of a gap, a little bit of a hole in their running back room. Right now, McKissick is scheduled to start for them on Sunday. And beyond that, there's not really much in the way of what you might call recognizable names. They do have Peyton Barber, he's currently listed as the fifth uh, or as the third running back on the depth chart. Depth chart. They have rookie Gibson slated second, and in my estimation, possibly the most intriguing of the options here, Bryce Love, currently listed as fourth. Uh, He lost all of last year due to injury. As the season goes on, he might be somebody to keep an eye on, and particularly talking about fantasy football, because if anybody's going to take that job over and be productive he is who I'd have my eyes on. They don't necessarily have a great offensive line in front of them, so you're you're really counting on something a little more dynamic if you want production there. Wide receivers uh McLaren had a kind of a breakout season last year and he's entering his second season To go along with Haskins, this was kind of the one bright spot for Haskins last year. They definitely found some chemistry. I would expect him to get looked at early and often. Uh, Really, as long as Haskins is the starting quarterback, expect McLaren to get his fair share of looks. And you have a converted wide receiver at tight end in Logan Thomas. The offensive line is just kind of, they have some decent interior offensive line, but it's a very unproven lot there. And you flip over to the defensive side of things, obviously the headliner is going to be their first round pick, Chase Young, and trying to see what kind of devastation he might be able to bring on that side of the ball. And... He's not. He won't have a ton of help on the rest of that team to really try to put forth a quality product. Um, I would expect to see if he's if he's any good. I would expect to see them slant a lot of pass protection tor- towards Chase Young, and then there's not a whole lot else to fear on this Redskins defense. I would fully expect the Redskins to end up last in that division. You slide on over to the New York Giants. Obviously, they will be entering with their second-year quarterback in Daniel Jones. Um, But he has a little bit better of a surrounding cast. You have Saquon Barkley entering his third year, really been a bright spot for the Giants And you have Evan Ingram in the tight end looking to kind of recapture some of that magic he had in his second season with the Giants. And a lot of average to maybe slightly above average wide receivers headlined by Golden Tate. You also got Slayton there and, of course, Shepard. None of those guys are really – Really, wide receivers are going to make a defense adjust to them unless you see some sort of big leap from a Shepard or a Slayton. You flip over to the defensive side of things. Uh, they ended up getting Leonard Williams. That was kind of the big addition to that defense, and if he's able to kind of make some havoc up front, they obviously they run a... 3-4 kind of scheme, and they're looking for big contributions from Leonard to kind of jumpstart this pass rush here. Uh, they also brought in Julius Pepper's last season in that trade. The defense is an it's an okay defense, but they're gonna be another they're not gonna compete for the division uh, for the NFC East. It really comes down to the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are kind of the sexy pick. They got the names you recognize. They are always in the spotlight from the national media uh, who couldn't stop talking about Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and their contract situations this past year, which all got... Settled, except for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. So I am not surprised that the Cowboys did not pay them what he was asking for. But that aside, on paper, this offense in particular, the defense has its holes, but this offense in particular should be great. And they, this offense should have been great last year. And that's part of why I don't believe in Dak Prescott. You can try to blame it on Jason Garrett as much as you want, but at the end of the day, if you are if you are a special talent at quarterback, and you have the kind of pieces that he had around him to utilize, whether the coaching is horrible or not, you can look at you know stay in the state, look over at Houston at what Deshaun Watson was a, has been able to do with O'Brien coaching him that specialness that 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 spark that something would be evident watching him and he has his moments he's not a bad quarterback he's a good quarterback he's just not an elite quarterback now you look at this wide receiver core amari cooper is clearly the number 1 in that room and he got paid as such uh a little bit of a hometown guy, if you're talking about Colorado, Michael Gallup out of CSU. He currently slots as the number two on their depth chart, but I would not be surprised at all if CD Lamb ends up taking that number two spot here uh, before, definitely before the season is o- over. Which is okay, because I would expect them to run a lot of three wide receiver sets, so I don't. That's not really going to matter. Uh, McCarthy came over from Green Bay. Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers ran a ton of three wide receiver sets. I would expect to see that a lot with the Cowboys as well, especially when you have potentially three starting caliber wide receivers and potentially two elite wide receivers depending on the development of C.D. Lamb um michael gallup is the third best my receiver on this team he is somebody who was really good in fantasy football last season i would be a little wary of him going into this year uh as far as the long-term prospect short-term gallup will still get his looks because with this weird offseason if you're a quarterback you're going to You're going to rely on those guys that you've already built up a rapport, you've already built up trust with. So Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, those guys fall into that category. Even though CeeDee Lamb has the potential to even maybe be the best wide receiver on this team, he does not have that kind of chemistry with Dak Prescott right now. So early returns on CeeDee Lamb would be low but long-term, C.D. Lamb, high returns in my estimation, and Michael Gallup could be somebody you're looking to trade high on, uh, you know, halfway, maybe a little before halfway through this season. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and that offensive line is still really, really good in front of him. Flip over to the defensive side of things. There's there's some people, there, there's some talents there. They got Diggs, a uh, cornerback I was actually kind of hopeful that the Broncos might end up getting in that second round. They have Lawrence. Uh, Dontari Poe is now in the middle of that defense. And you have, you have a linebacker core with Jalen Smith. With Alden Smith, you know, there's a lot of things to look at this defense and say, hey, they can get it done. I'm not a huge Cowboys believer. I do think this year is when they get it done as far as winning the NFC East. Uh, I think they do win it this year. And last year's division champion the Philadelphia Eagles are going to give them a run for their money uh and but that's when a lot of that's going to depend on Carson Wentz and his health when he is healthy which is you know a a big question mark when you are talking about Carson Wentz he is part of that next generation of elite franchise quarterbacks in my estimation the problem is, is he can't stay healthy and that is a huge detriment to him and I'm not comfortable calling anybody especially a quarterback an elite franchise quarterback if he can only if he can't stay on the field for more than eight weeks in a season but mm-hmm. the Eagles did hedge their bet in drafting Jalen Hurts this offseason and although he is listed right now third on the depth chart I would not be surprised If Hurts really is that first guy that gets a look when or if Wentz goes down. And he's somebody who might be interesting to hold on to in general. uh, Just because of if he does go in there and if he does end up starting when Wentz gets hurt. That kind of dual threat is what... Fantasy quarterbacks are really made for. Uh, you're looking at you look at some of the elite fantasy quarterbacks in the past couple of years. Deshaun uh, this, this Watson, great with his feet, great throwing on the run. Lamar Jackson last year blew it up, and a lot of that was because of what he could do with his legs. Patrick Mahomes, even although he has elite arm talent, he has possibly the best arm we've ever seen, he can move and he adds some points each and every game because of his legs. Um, The era of the pocket passer is quickly passing this by, and if you are looking for a late-season add that can really give you a little bit of a jump in the quarterback position... Jalen Hurts might be somebody to keep an eye on, especially, again, with the huge question mark of Wentz staying healthy. Then you look at this wide receiver core. Alshon Jeffrey was good last year until he got hurt. Deshaun Jackson was really good last year until he got hurt. Uh, Zach Ertz consistent for them. There is plenty of talent As far as this receiving core goes, the running back position, some people are really high on Sanders. I'm not necessarily super high on Sanders. I think he will be good. I don't think he will be elite, but time, of course, will tell. And, of course, their offensive line may not be as good as the Cowboys, but that is still a damn good offensive line they have in front of them. I expect the Eagles to be competitive with Dallas down the stretch to try to win this division. But Dallas, I do expect to win it out in the end. Sliding over to the NFC North, we'll start with a team that's been kind of the laughingstock of that division for years and years and years and years. The Lions. I know. Big shocker. They're getting Matthew Stafford back on this team, though. Um, Before Stafford went down with injury last year, I believe they started off 3-0. So if Stafford can stay healthy, this is a team that could win a decent amount of games. I'm not going to sit here and try to say that this is a playoff team because I don't believe it. But this is not this is a team that's not as bad as what their record said they were last season. He's gonna be complemented by a above average core of running backs, but no single running back right now is really a great. Adrian Peterson. Carry on Johnson. And then you also have their rookie, Swift, on this roster as well. Uh, At least early on, it's looking like this is going to be a three-headed monster uh, in the running back room. Kind of scares you fantasy-wise away from drafting any in particular. Although Swift could be interesting long-term. Because if one guy grabs it and runs with it, I would expect it to be Swift. It's not going to be Adrian Peterson at this point in his career. Most likely he is there to primarily be a short yardage um, type of back, a goal line type of back, because he's not that dynamic guy. He's not a pass-catching type of dude. Galladay is clearly their number one. Uh, wide receiver from last year. Well, I guess I shouldn't say it clearly. Jones had his moments. But in my book, Gallaudet was their number one. He had some great moments fantasy-wise last year. You also have Jones there. But underrated will be the return of Hawkinson. The other first-round tight end out of Iowa in last year's draft. Got off to a good start, then went down hurt. Entering the second year is a lot of times when you see tight ends really take off and figure out the game. Underrated receiving court when you throw in the tight end position. And Stafford is a really good quarterback. I expect him to put up some, as long as as he's healthy, put up some real good numbers for the Detroit Lions, but they're still a six, maybe an eight-win team. Not really a playoff threat. But you flip over to the defensive side of things, they have Desmond Trufant now uh, kind of taking the place of Slay, who went to the Eagles, the last team we were just talking about, to try to... uh, Put a Band-Aid on some of the leakage problems they have in that secondary last year. Uh, Flowers. Flowers also on the defensive side of things. This, This defense is far from being a great defense. They maybe could be a good defense, but that even might be a stretch this year. When they win games, it's going to be because of that offense, and it's going to be because... Stafford is healthy. Then the other team that really doesn't have a shot at winning the division, in my opinion, is the Chicago Bears. They're going to be rolling into another season with Trubitsky as their starting quarterback. They brought in Nick Foles this offseason to compete with him, and Foles lost. Uh, And I don't know – honestly – I don't know which one is necessarily the better quarterback. Foles may be the better quarterback on that roster, but unless you're bringing in a guy who's going to really be a huge step up and going to help you actually compete and maybe try to win the division, make the playoffs, stick with the young guy. He got him still. He's got another – you got the – you got to make the decision on the option at the end of the year. Obviously, it has not looked good for Trubisky so far. I'm not a Trubisky guy, but ride it out with him. You're not going anywhere anyways, and then maybe this is the year that things click for him. Just maybe this is the year that he takes that step, and your best chance, if you are a Bears fan, of really surprising people And making a playoff push is if Trubisky's, if the light goes on in his head. Then you have Montgomery, you have Cohen. uh, Really, that's, it's a clear, you got your first two down type of smash mouth running back, and then you got your scat back, your pass threat in Cohen. Wide receivers are not. It's kind of similar, not as good as the Lions, but kind of similar in the sense that you have a couple guys in Robinson and Miller that are good and have their moments, Miller more so. And then you have Ginn coming in in the slot, who even at 35 has some electrifying speed on him, who can maybe break something out. And... Then you have Graham. Jeremy Graham signed with the Bears this offseason. He's slated as the starter right now ahead of Kimmett, uh, their rookie out of Indiana or sorry, out of Notre Dame that the Bears drafted. Graham will clearly be the pass receiving option at tight end and Kimmitt, the blocking tight end. At this point, though, it's hard to say how much. You really can count on Jimmy. Um, But if you're committed, and it seems like they might be committed, to trying to finish developing Trubisky and trying to see if maybe he can take another step or at least show that he is on a track to be a fraction of what you thought you were getting when you spent a second overall pick on him. Having that kind of security blanket in Jeremy Grant at the tight end position will be huge for him. You flip over to the defense. Defense definitely took a step back last year. It was still a good defense. It was not a defense that carried them like it was the year before. You have Hicks. You have Roquan Smith still in the inside along with uh, Danny Trevathan. You have... Mac providing pressure. You have Quinn providing pressure. You have a lot of pieces. This is still going to be a good defense. The Bears are probably somewhere around a seven to eight win team. They could compete for a playoff spot if Trubisky can progress even a little bit and show that he has the potential to be a franchise quarterback that being said i another division i think is kind of a two-team race it comes down to the vikings and it comes down to the packers with the vikings obviously their horse is hitched to kirk cousins who Gets dogged on a lot, especially when it comes to performing in primetime situations. But he's been really good for the Vikings on a on the grand scheme. Is he elite? No, he, he's, he's not elite. But I don't think there were many people who thought he was an elite quarterback. He is a good starting quarterback, but he's not a game-changing quarterback quarterback but you have him there to go along with um Thielen and Rudolph to throw to obviously they don't have digs anymore they did spin a draft pick to bring in Justin Jefferson who will likely end up sliding in as the number two wide receiver eventually and of course you got Dalvin Cook likely um Likely another big year coming for Cook. Uh, a safe bet in fantasy football. Well, safe bet as long as he's healthy, which he was all the last season. So that was a huge plus. Phelan has been a consistent fantasy producer. It will be a little interesting this year, at least until maybe Justin Jefferson takes off how he's going to be able to adapt to being the clear number one with some fair separation between him and the number two. Because he's never really had to deal with that on a consistent basis. So Kirk Cousins will look for him often, but he's going to be matched up against the best guy on a weekly basis. And then on the defensive side of things, it's another solid group, another, another solid defense, not as good as the Bears, but still a, a defense that's not going to blow games for you. You have Hunter Smith anchoring down the defensive side of things. You have Najoku that the Vikings traded for recently to add some of that pass rush, uh, pairing him with hunter up front there the really the biggest question mark is with the pass coverage Uh, in my opinion when you're talking about the vikings and what they're going to do they have some decent defensive backs but they don't have a guy that you can put out there and you really say hey you go and you just lock down Um, Devontae Adams uh, of the Packers, the next team we'll be talking about they have some young guys that can maybe develop into that, I mean both their starting corners are going into their third year and they have a couple of rookies slated behind them right now this is a 10 win 8 to 10 win team in my estimation, but I think, once again, you're going to be seeing the Green Bay Packers winning the NFC North. You have Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, there was all the drama of them drafting Jordan Love. But Rodgers, this is still his team. They may not have added another receiving threat like he wanted them to with their first-round pick. But you have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones had a phenomenal year last year. Adams is a top-class wide receiver, and then you're talking about the other wide receivers behind him were all very young last season. Did they rise to the expectations of Aaron Rodgers? No, they did not. But even with it being a weird off season, these guys have another off season in the system. They had another training camp in the system and they come in just a little wiser, just a little more prepared for what they're going to be going through this season. So I expect the wide receiving core to be just fine for them. And you pair that with a, a an above average, in my opinion, the best offensive line in the division in front of them. And I think the Packers are a 12-win roughly football team and will be winning the NFC North once again sliding over to the NFC South they'll definitely it's another intriguing division and it's mostly intriguing just because of one team another team that has dominated the offseason headlines the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously they added Tom Brady then they went and added Gronkowski then they went and added LaShawn McCoy. And then they added Fournette. I mean, this is has the makings of a super team. But so much of it hinges on Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady the Tom Brady of three years ago? Or is this the Tom Brady of last season? Because he has he has people to throw to. Mike Evans, Godwin. And then you're talking about Gronkowski, O.J. Howard at tight end. He has possibly the best receiving core of his career. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can make the argument for the year he set the records, but just top to bottom, you're talking about four physical gifts at receive at uh, at receiving positions. Mike Evans, you have a six foot five wide receiver. And this is not just a glorified tight end. Mike Evans moves like a wide receiver. You have Godwin, a lot more of the typical dude that Brady has worked with that he's really worked well with. Gronkowski, that security blanket that's just a physical freak, he took a year off of football. He retired. He has come back. That year off of football, when you're talking about a guy... That dealt with as many injuries, nagging type of injuries, as Gronkowski did. I would expect him to come back and him look as good as he had in in years. How long that lasts for? That is that is a viable question. But and then you slide over to O.J. Howard, a huge prospect that they spend a first round pick on. Blazing speed for a tight end. He's got this. He's six foot six, 251 pounds. He's got the prototypical size you want him out tight end, but he has not actualized his gifts. But now you're pairing him with Tom Brady, a guy who has utilized tight ends as well, if not better, than anybody else in the league, especially during his career. This could be the year that O.J. Howard really breaks out. LaShawn McCoy currently slated number two on the Bucs depth chart. He, I expect him to see a fair amount of play time, Most, obviously mostly as a receiving back. That's what he has done arguably as good as anybody during his career is being that receiving threat out of the backfield, and Brady loves to throw to his running backs. Jones is slated as number one and fournette as third on the depth chart. I would expect fournette to overtake Jones and be the primary back with McCoy. that's change of pace dude and Jones is just kind of the speller uh, eventually just because fournette is he is too talented to ride behind Jones for too terribly long and he is such a bruiser. And you look at, in, in New England, their running back room has a lot of times been kind of divided between the bruising back, like LeGarrette Blount, that Brady loves to just hand off to and just go straight downhill and you know you're going to get three yards just because it's a no-nonsense run. And then you got your... You're receiving threats that I already talked about. Fournette fits that role. He's a six foot two hundred twenty-eight pound running back who has really good straight line speed and can just bruise some people running up the middle. The biggest question mark offensively, outside of which Tom Brady you want to get, is this offensive line. They did address it in the first round with taking Burfs. Uh, really the guy that I was kind of hoping the Broncos might end up getting, but I digress. You put him on this offensive line, and it just looks so much better right away. There's still some question marks, obviously. Right guard is a question mark to me in Kappa. But it's, it's not as bad as it looked like coming in. But a lot of that's going to rest on Worfs and whether or not he is NFL-ready Because you're trying to protect Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is not going anywhere back there in that pocket. So you have to be able to hold up, or you're going to get him killed. Flip over to the defensive side. They they brought in the Dominican and Sue. Obviously, they have signed Barrett. They have JPP. There are some pieces there that if they can build a lead if that offense is as explosive as on paper they could be, this team is built to play with a lead with the pass rushers that they have. So that will be very interesting to see. Um, There are some question marks as far as the cornerbacks go, but that pass rush is very good. So if they are able to just pin their ears back and get after somebody, the corners aren't going to have to guard for that long. Carolina Panthers lost out uh, on oh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I think they are – this is such a hard one to project just because of s- – Such a huge question mark as far as what is Tom Brady going to look like this season. I'm going to put them as a 10-win team. That's that's what I'll say. The Carolina Panthers are, for the first time in a while, a Cam Newton-less Panthers Uh, They signed Teddy Bridgewater to really step into that role, and Bridgewater played really well for the Saints last year. And obviously he's going to have the greatest security blanket in the entire NFL in Christian McCaffrey. They also signed Robbie Anderson to add a bit more of a passing threat to this team. They are still going to be the bottom dwellers of the NFC South. Uh, On defense, they have some pieces. They have short still in the middle. Trey Boston at free safety. Shaq Thompson at linebacker. And they spent their first round pick on the pass rusher, Gross There's some pieces there. It's not necessarily a great unit together yet, Uh, and it's not like they're going to be helped out a ton by that offense because that offense is going to go as far as Christian McCaffrey goes. They will have better quarterback play from Teddy Bridgewater than they did from Kyle Allen, and insert quarterback X, Panthers are still not in a position to win this division. But I would put them at probably a 6-7 win team. The Atlanta Falcons, just a couple years ago, lost in the Super Bowl after having, you may have recalled, a sizable lead at halftime. Matt Ryan entering his 13th year. He's going to be there. They added Todd Gurley. Uh, really kind of a big question mark there as far as what Todd Gurley you're going to get. He was clearly limited in how he was used by the Rams last year. And how much of that was them just trying to save him for when the carries would more count in the playoffs? Or how much was that that they really felt like he was limited in what he could do? Signing the contract they did with the Falcons, I would would not expect them to hold back really at all using Gurley. They don't have great depth behind him, but you bring in Gurley to be a game changer for you in the running game to really try to give Ryan more support than he has had because he has really good receiving options. He is possibly the best one-two punch at wide receiver when you're talking about Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. His tight ends are there. They're they're serviceable. But when you have a one-two punch at wide receiver like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you can make a lot of plays happen with just them. So if Todd Gurley can come in and be a 1,300-yard rusher, Maybe even a 1,500-yard rusher. Who knows? This offense could be could be a productive offense. But you flip over, and the defense is really where I feel like they made the most change and the best change. Uh, they brought in Terrell, rookie out of Clemson, to play corner. They brought in Dante Fowler. Signed him in the offseason. And you're pairing these guys with, with Jones at linebacker. With Neal at safety. I mean, at Garrett at defensive tackle. Oliver, third-year dude out of CU, is playing the other corner. This defensive unit, I actually really like this defensive unit. I think it's an underrated team. Uh, especially... Especially when you're talking about them being coached up by Dan Quinn. Uh, The Falcons could be a sneaky team. I think they are a playoff team this coming year. I think they could be a 9-win team. Maybe even a 10-win team in this coming year. But I still think it is the Saints' division to lose. Uh, You're going to have Drew Brees coming back. He is potentially... Who knows? He might be playing in the last season of his NFL career. He is a 41-year-old dude. Uh, they They just extended Alvin Kamara. You have Michael Thomas, the best receiver in football last season. And then you brought in a dude, a legitimate number two for Drew Brees to throw to in Emmanuel Sanders. You have Jared Cook at tight end. And that offensive line that is in front of them has been great, and will continue to be great for them. They only up potentially upgraded by drafting Ruiz to slide in at guard. This offense is going to be something dangerous this season. You find I, I can't emphasize this enough. You finally put a legitimate number two alongside. Michael Thomas for Drew Brees to throw to and this passing game was doing really well basically with just Thomas and Kamara like those were the two dudes you that you had to worry about now you have Emmanuel Sanders out there as well that you have to contend with and this defense defense has been really solid for a number of years now and I expect him to just continue that. The addition of Janoris Jenkins last year was a big boost to them. Uh, you play him opposite of Lattimore at the cornerback positions. You have speed at linebacker with Davis. And you have a disruptor up front with Jordan. Uh, the defense... M- May not be the best one in their division because I would say that that's going to be the Falcons defense. But it is definitely a good enough defense when you're pairing it with that offense. I think this is another 12-13 win season for the Saints. Then finally in the NFC, we got the NFC West. And this is... Man, this is just a good division top to bottom. We'll start with the team that ended last in the division last year with the Arizona Cardinals. You're having Kyler Murray entering his second season. You have Kenyon Drake there who came in partway through last year and once he was inserted in this offense, played really, really well for him. Fitzgerald, the guy who refuses to age. You have Christian Kirk And you brought in DeAndre Hopkins, a legitimate number one wide receiver. One of the top ten, if not top five wide receivers in the league for Murray to throw to. And Murray had a good season last year. Murray is low-key. He's my favorite quarterback in fantasy football this year. Um, I mean, outside of, of Holmes and Jackson, who are obviously who are the obvious choices, but I actually, I might even like Murray better than I like those guys, potentially. He, he is part of the big three for me in wide receivers and fantasy football. But you have these options. The offensive line is not great, but this team runs so quick and so up-tempo that the offensive line doesn't have to necessarily be elite. That the 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 addition of DeAndre Hopkins, I can't overstate how big that is. Uh, you flip over to defensive side things. You have a pair of first-round cornerbacks in Patrick Peterson and Kirkpatrick. There, you have a pass rusher in Jones that has just been elite. Uh, you have. Buddha Baker on the back end of things. The defense defense has the pieces to be good. Uh, not great, but they have the pieces to be good. Man, it is hard to say because like I said, this division is so just good from top to bottom. I'm gonna put them at a six to seven win team. That's what that's why I'm gonna put them. Maybe an eight win team. But the Los Angeles Rams, who were a darling of the NFL just a few years ago, have kind of seen things fall off for them. Jared Goff got his contract extension, but he hasn't necessarily looked like a number one overall quarterback. Uh, Wide receiver wise, they just, it's not been improved upon. You have Woods as your number one at wide receiver right now. Robert Woods, who should be a number two at best on a, in a receiving core, in my opinion. The offensive line is decent in front of them. Not great. The, the running backs, now you don't have Todd Gurley. They this been a pick on Cam Akers. Who's currently slotted as the number three on the depth chart? I gotta believe that is because of this odd offseason. Defense is actually where this team would make makes their impact. You got Brockers, you got Donald. You got Reeder over there, you got Floyd rushing the passer. And then you got name you got Jalen Ramsey at corner. I mean, the defense is going to keep them in games. I after being so great on offense just a few years ago, I have some questions on how consistent they're going to be offensively now. They were great with some great options on offense just two years ago. But now you're down to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods as your leading receivers. You're going to have to rely a little more heavily on this defense. I I think the Rams actually end up last in the division. I think they're a six-win football team is where I'm going to put it. That, that That's probably going to be one of my surprise picks there just because the Rams are so light. You slide over to the Seattle Seahawks. They have the best quarterback in the division. I know I said I like Kyler Murray the best in fantasy football, but as far as real life, Russell Wilson. He's one of the best in the league, and he's hands down the best in the division. And anytime you have the best quarterback in the division, you got a good shot at winning your division. He's going to have Tyler Lockett to throw to. you got DK Metcalf who had a bit of a breakout year last year. You have the um, potential of having Josh Gordon at some point in the season. And that doesn't even touch on Chris Carson who was extremely consistent and quietly one of the better running backs in the NFL last year. Somebody who I'm I'm spending high draft capital on in my fantasy leagues offensively they will continue uh, to progress and just be even better than they were last year defense it's always been solid it's not an, it's not the legion of boom elite type defense from a year's ago but it is still a really good defense and I I woof. Man, dude, trying to think here, I think the Seahawks, you know, I'm just going to say, I think the Seahawks win the division. It's hard to repeat as division champs in such a competitive division like the NFC West, especially when you're a team like the 49ers that kind of came out of nowhere last year. Nobody was expecting the 49ers to do what they did last year, but they came in and they surprised I think they end up second in the division they there's even a chance I know I said about seven wins for the Cardinals but if the Cardinals get hot and if they start clicking offensively early there's a chance I think that the for 49 could even end up third in their division. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I'm going to throw it out there. I do think they'll end up second, though, behind the Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo, a consistent quarterback for him. Not, he was not great for him, but he did what he was asked for by Shanahan. Similar to Alex Smith years ago in San Francisco – People dogged on him a lot for not making snappy, flashy plays, but he did what was asked for him, and he played really well in the system that he was put in, and that is what you're getting out of Garoppolo here in San Francisco right now. They're going to have another three-headed type monster at running back. Mostert, I believe, is going to hold on to that number one spot. He's currently slated as number one. He had a ridiculous yard per carry average last year. But it's it's hard to say whether or not he's going to be a breakout guy week by week. Because you also have Coleman there. You have McKinnon there. There's other options. And with how San Francisco handled it last year, it would not surprise me if they roll out all three running backs in every game and end up going with who ends up showing hot first. That could be most more often than not, but Coleman put up some really good numbers playing for the Falcons, and he's behind a better offensive line here in in San Francisco. So if he stays healthy, that could be a legit competition there between the two. Wide receiver wise, you're going to have Debo Samuel back. Uh, Pettis will be back. The receiving core is okay. Uh, Ayuk eventually, the um, Arizona State prospect uh, rookie, he will eventually, I think, get up into a starting role. He's currently listed here about fifth on the depth chart for wide receivers, but he will he'll make his way into this starting lineup. And then of course you have Kittle. Um, defensive defensively, obviously, this is another team that kind of made their marks on the defensive side of things. Uh, Solomon Thomas returning. They will not have the forest Buckner. Traded him away. To the Colts. Uh four pick that basically they traded Kinlaw, the rookie out of South Carolina. Uh, traded for him with the Forest Bunker. Kinlaw currently not slated to start, but I think this is a situation where you're just going to see a rotation through there and on that defensive line, and Kinlaw will make an impact. This defense is good. It is. It is good, and it is. This defense will need to carry this team at times because I don't see that offense being nearly as productive as it was last year where they kind of caught the league by surprise now there's film on them and you have an off season as coaches to kind of figure out how you want to attack that team I would expect the offense to not be nearly as productive so you're going to rely on this defense. You're going to rely on Nick Bosa. You're going to rely on Fred Warner. You're going to be relying on Richard Sherman. I mean, the names kind of go on here, but it is hard to consistently win from year to year relying on your defense. You can look at the Broncos from a few years ago to as – evidence of that so i think they will take a step back and they'll end up being a 9 to 10 win football team uh and the seahawks i don't know if i said that i think they are going to be about a 10 to an 11 win football team Uh, so all in all out of the east you got the cowboys you got the packers The Saints and the Seahawks as the top four. And then your three wild card teams, I'm going to say, end up being the Buccaneers, the Vikings, and the 49ers, I guess. All in all, I think it will come down to the Saints coming out of the NFC East. Or, sorry, the NFC. Sliding over to the AFC, we'll start with the AFC East here. Really kind of an easy division to go through real quick because you got a couple of just bad teams. Starting off with the Dolphins. What is interesting about the Dolphins would just be when does Tua end up taking over at the quarterback position. This was a team that was in clear tank for Tua mode early on and then ended up winning some games inexplicably down the stretch, fell down the draft boards. But because of the meteoric rise of Joe Burrow, they still ended up – and the hurt and the injury that happened to Tua. They still ended up with their guy – if I was Miami, I would slow roll it as as much as I felt I needed to. Because I would not put Tua out there until I was 100% positive that he was 100%. Uh, they will probably end up roughly around the same record with about five wins this year. Coaching clearly was really good for him down the stretch last year. That's why I'm not going to completely count them out, but yeah. Then you have the Jets, Sam Darnold trying to take another step, try to separate himself as a guy who's going to be somebody in this league, live up to his draft pedigree. Uh, And he'll have a familiar face, the unibrow behind him, and Joe Flacco – Serving as his backup. Le'Veon Bell had not a Le'Veon Bell type season last year, but you're talking about going from rushing behind a wall in, (laughs) in Pittsburgh, in that offensive line, to rushing behind a Jets offensive line and really on a team that just has not been well managed in recent years. Wide receivers... Mims is really the guy to keep your eye on there. Is he going to step up, and can he be something special with those physical talents with the Jets? The offensive line, though, definitely improved for them with the additions of McGovern, former Bronco, and then the Beckton, their first-round tackle draft prospect so the, the, the Jets ended up with seven wins last year I would probably estimate them to be at about seven wins again this year um maybe eight wins they won't I'm not going to schedule I don't think it's they have two scheduled losses on their schedule like they normally would with or they have had with the New England Patriots the Buffalo Bills, this is actually their division to lose in my estimation. Uh, Allen, Josh Allen played well last year. He was not fantastic, but he played well and he has enough of an X factor when you talk about his athleticism to stretch a defense. His athleticism paired with his arm strength is really something that can be quite intriguing when you're trying to build an offense. Uh, they, Singletary entering the second year is going to have some competition from Moss there. I'm not in love with any running backs for the Buffalo Bills, if you're talking about trying to <laughs> build a fantasy team. I ran Singletary a little last year. He, would have a, he had a game or two that was nice, but it's not something I would count on on a weekly basis. They did upgrade their receiving core now, and now they have a legit threesome of wide receivers. You have Brown returning. You have Beasley returning. And then you have Diggs. They traded for him out of Minnesota, brought him in. And he will likely be the number one there. And with as much complaining as Diggs did in Minnesota, it will be interesting to see where his mind's at roughly halfway through this season. Because Cousins is a more accurate quarterback than Allen. Or at least he was last year. So when you're talking about Needing balls thrown at you and expecting more out of your quarterback, like Diggs did. How's that going to work now that you have Allen? And yes, you don't have Phelan opposite from you, but you have a more well rounded receiving core now with Brown and Beasley. So you are still going to be fighting for targets. You're the clear number one, in my estimation. But you still got you got two other options that Allen's going to mean to spread the ball out to, and you're not going to have that dominant running attack from Dalvin Cook to take some of the pressure off of you as far as a team game planning for the run instead of for the pass. But like last year, I think the defense is going to be what. Helps this team win the division. Uh, White got a big contract extension. They still have Josh Norman. It, he had his great year. He's still a good cornerback, but he's not a great cornerback anymore. the uh, The defensive line good. Expect Oliver to really kind of take another step in his second year. But point being, I expect the Bills end up winning this division at 10-11 wins. And then you have the New England Patriots. Uh, you talk about how many people opted out of the season for them. You talk about not having Brady anymore. And then they brought in Cam Newton. Cam Newton's an interesting topic just because I am not convinced that Cam Newton can be a franchise quarterback anymore. He was not particularly great at the end of when he has been healthy the last couple seasons. He was good at times, but he was not a great quarterback. And then the bigger question mark to me is his health. With the style of play Cam Newton does that makes him a dynamic quarterback and really the only way that he's ever been an elite quarterback is because of his style of play. He can't do that anymore or if he does, he's going to get hurt. His body has been breaking down on him. So are we going to see a Cam Newton that is dedicated to being a pocket passer, or is Cam Newton going to come in there and attempt to be the Cam Newton of old? And if he does attempt to be a pocket passer, how long is that going to last before he gets happy feet back there, before he goes, okay, I before he falls into old habits and tries to make something happen? Never trust any running back for New England, uh, because it is such a crapshoot, one running back will get you 18 points one week, and three the next, and a different running back will get you 22 points that week, and it's just such, such a crapshoot, and Cam Newton will not really have much to throw to, Julian Edelman is still there, but he is, he's 34, he's on the downslope of his career as a wide receiver. And he was really the only consistent wide receiver last year. They're hoping for Harry to really step up in his second season. But this is a team that I think is prime for a first-to-worst type of swing here. Because their defense with... How many people are, with the, with the people that are opting out, I don't see this defense being as dominant as it was last year. And they would have to be extremely dominant to be able to win consistently with the offense that's going to be on the other side of the ball, in my opinion. I think this ends up being a 4-5 to five win football team. And some of that will depend on Cam Newton, obviously. But I just don't see Cam Newton staying healthy if he's playing dynamic. The AFC North home of Joe Burrow. Yes, the guy that I'm quite frankly not sold on being a great NFL quarterback. He went to the Cincinnati Bengals and is named the starting quarterback. Wow, what a shocker. But you partner him there with, with Zach Taylor and what he wants to do with the passing game there. Uh, you partner him up with the receiving talents that he has. AJ Green will be returning. John Josh Ross will be returning. You spent a high draft pick on Higgins. You have Tyler Boyd. You have four good receiving threats. AJ Green see how he returns from injury. John Ross is such a unique prospect in fact that he has unmatched speed really so there are so many pieces there that if joe burrow can find some rhythm that offense could be dangerous um but shortened offseason weird offseason season. And the fact that I'm not necessarily sold on Joe Burrow as an NFL quarterback, I think the Bengals end up at the bottom of the division, or at least not competing for the champ for the division win, because that defense is just um, not good on the other side of the ball. So. When Cincinnati wins, it's going to be in a shootout, and you're talking about relying on a rookie quarterback to win consistently in shootouts, and I'm not prepared to do that. The Cleveland Browns, a offseason darling from a year ago, will be returning much of the same dudes. They brought in Hooper at tight end, which is a bit of a bummer for Njoku fans. But Njoku still trying to come back from injury, still trying to be able to play consistently. Hooper is not as dynamic as Njoku, but at least he brings some consistency out of the tight end position. And that offensive line got better when you're talking about the bookends, those tackles. They drafted Wills, and they brought in Conklin. This could be the year that you actually finally see the Browns reach the expectations of two years ago. Uh, The defense led by Garrett. You got Shelton Richardson up front. You got Ojinobi. I mean, Ward, a high draft pick for them at the corner position. Greedy Williams. This is, might be, oh, it's hard for me to say but this might be the year that Cleveland actually arrives and they could be a playoff challenging team. I'm going to say they win eight to nine games. They could very well be a wild card team this year. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roethlisberger returning off an injury. 38 years old, coming off an injury. What is he going to look like? Because if he can return, if he plays like he did a couple years ago, this team... Could be very good. Because that defense that the Steelers have was amazing down the stretch. And they have all those pieces back with just... And it was a young group, too. Talking about Fitzpatrick at safety. Talking about Devin Bush, a linebacker. TJ Watt at outside linebacker. I mean, that defense was dangerous last year. So if Roethlisberger can return and you get that consistency from your quarterback, again, this could be a very dangerous team with Pittsburgh. Connor trying to return from injury as well. Who this is biggest for is fans of Juju Smith-Schuster and people who carried him in their fantasy leagues. He was a bit of a disappointment last year. Fell down draft boards this year because of it. But a huge part of why he struggled so hard is he had Rudolph throwing to him. Okay? I mean, he did not have starting caliber quarterback play in front of him. Rudolph has some talents, and, but he was not the answer. I think that was clear last year. Uh, But you also have Ebron came in from Detroit to play tight end. They have some pieces to be good offensively. They're not going to be great offensively like they were during the Killer B years. But you partner them with a defense, and that's recipe for success there. And I think... It's going to be a competitive race between them and the Ravens coming down the stretch. I'm going to put the Steelers at 11 wins, roughly. Well, I guess 11 wins, roughly, means 10 to 12. But then you have the Baltimore Ravens that you're going to have to compete with in the AFC North. You have Lamar Jackson returning off of an MVP season. You have Mark Ingram returning and more intriguing to me Dobbins from Ohio State getting picked up by the Ravens I think Dobbs will eventually become the starting running back there but with as much as they run the ball it having Ingram would not be a bad thing even if he gets supplanted cuz I'm sure Ingram still want to get a good amount of touches it's kind of similar to his time in New Orleans Because when it was him and Kamara, both those dudes were starting fantasy running backs. And I kind of foresee the same thing potentially with Ingram and Dobbs later on in the season. Did not do a ton to add to their receiving core, but that's not necessarily a huge deal. Because you don't have to have elite wide receivers when you're running the type of offense that the Ravens do. Brown is the best option fantasy-wise. But this team will go as far as Lamar Jackson can carry him. If Jackson can stay healthy this entire season, which, I mean, he stayed healthy all last season. So there's no reason to doubt that right now. This offense will, like, once again, be very difficult to deal with. And then they also have a very good defense to pair along with it. My man, Derek Wolf, unfortunately, no longer with the Broncos, is now with them. Uh, and he's going to be partnered up there with Calais Campbell. I mean, and then you have Williams in the middle. They have so much size and strength. Up front. It is ridiculous. And then they went and added Patrick Queen at linebacker. A guy who even before the draft was getting compared to Ray Lewis. And then the Ravens draft him. That is ridiculous. This defense really, really good. So I think the Ravens end up winning This division, once again, I'm going to put them at 12 wins, 12 to 13 wins. But I will throw in the caveat that if, if, I mean, but this is like so many teams, but I think it's more so evident with the Ravens than possibly any other team in the NFL. If something happens to Lamar Jackson, that win total goes down so much more because that offense is so predicated on the skill set and what Lamar Jackson can do. That defense is still really good, so they'll still win some games, but this team goes as Lamar Jackson goes. AFC South. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars are, well, they're going to suck. Uh, they've traded away basically anybody who was any good. They're kind of going the the uh, the Miami route from last year. So they appear to be all in on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Uh, you're going to be rolling out Gardner Minshew as the starting quarterback. You have, like, nobody... You have DJ Shark to throw to, you have Conley, Uh, Chenault is there, so he has some pieces to throw to, but the offensive line in front of him is just not great up the middle. Um, The outside is okay, but it's not great up the middle. And if you're talking about, if you're talking about going up in this division of the AFC South, when you're going up against defenses that are underrated with the Titans and the Colts, it will be interesting to see if Gardner Minshew has what's takes. Because if this team ends up being competing for a playoff spot, then you're talking about Gardner Minshew really taking a step and showing that he might be their quarterback of the future, because you have one consistent target to throw to, really, in Shark. Conley is okay. Chenault, we'll see what happens with him, and unfortunately, as much as I like Chenault, you've got to factor in how healthy is he going to be throughout the season. You've got rid of Fournette. You're not going to have the running attack to take as much pressure off of your quarterback there. And then you flip over to the defensive side of things. You know, last year you got rid of Ramsey. You got rid of Njoku this year. Uh, you spent a first-round pick on Henderson. So you're hoping he can be something. There are all there are rumors that you're trying to trade Miles Jack out. Uh, Josh Allen, your first-round pick from last year, who... Who knows? Maybe you'll try to trade him, too. I mean, it's it's just such a crap show with Jacksonville. Uh, it's a team that, you know, has been in talks about becoming the first European franchise in the NFL. And off-seasons like they've had this year is why. I put them at four wins. The Colts... Made a lot of moves, and in particularly on offense, the oof, the changes they made. You, you're investing in Phillip Rivers. Granted, it was a one-year contract. But you brought in a proven veteran quarterback. You drafted the best running back in this draft, in my opinion, in Jonathan Taylor. You drafted a wide receiver uh, in... Um, in Pittman out of USC to add some of that size on the outside that you that Philip Rivers really likes. I Pittman is somebody is another guy. I, so many rookies, if you haven't noticed, I'm saying could be great additions later on in the year because of this weird offseason, I'm not ready to commit to them early on. But Pittman is that type of wide receiver that Rivers loved having in San Diego, L.A. Um, So Pittman's somebody to watch for later on in the season. Then you flip over to the defensive side of things. Defense was already pretty good last year. They added Xavier Rhodes to help shore up some of that pass coverage. You traded the Forrest Buckner to hopefully be able to get a little more of a pass rush. This is going to be another competitive division. And the Colts will be at about 8-9. No, I'm actually going to say they'll be about a 9-10 to 10 win team. Because that's how much I put on the changes they made offensively in particular. The Tennessee Titans, another team that made some changes. Uh, They were the team that landed Clowney finally this offseason, putting him on a defense that was already pretty good last year and with an offense that is built to play with the lead when you're talking about playing with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill had a resurgence last year. Um, You have Brown and who knows, maybe Corey Davis will finally have his breakout season. This will be another good year for the Tennessee Titans. And I'd probably put them at about 9-10 to wins as well. Um, And then the Houston Texans another just horribly ran team. Unfortunately for the Sean Watson, who could be one of the great quarterbacks of this generation, but the team is just horribly managed around him. You traded away a top 10, top five, maybe wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins and got in return a second round pick and David Johnson. Now, David Johnson, if he can be healthy, I think can be a great fit here for Watson. But now you're talking about looking at a wide receiver core that has Will Fuller. Really good when healthy, but hasn't been able to stay healthy at all in his career, basically. Brandon Cooks. Explosive, but not consistent. Randall Cobb. A good slot receiver, but on the tail end of his career. I mean, this is the team that won the division last year. Okay. The defense is not as good as they have been. It'll get a huge boost if JJ Watt is healthy and can stay healthy this year, but they don't have the other pieces around it like they did three, four years ago, where it was a complete defense. So I think, unfortunately, that they take a step back. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan, but I think the team around them has not gotten better. So I think they will be taking a step back, and they'll be about an eight-win football team, which means it comes down to Tennessee and Indianapolis to try to win this division and Houston will be trying to get a wild-card spot. Then, my personal favorite division, mostly because the Broncos are in it, you have the AFC West. I will start off with the worst team in my estimation this year as far as the... uh, As far as the AFC West goes, the Oakland Raiders, Oakland Raiders did a super Oakland Raider thing and drafted the fastest guy in the draft with their first pick. The first wide receiver off the board, Henry Ruggs, was probably the third best wide receiver in the class. He's still a really good wide receiver. But when you had Judy, when you had Lamb still available, Ruggs was not the best option. But Raiders do Raiders things, and they took Ruggs. He will be able to stretch the defense, which will help Jacobs get going in the run game. Hopefully, if you're a Raiders fan, which if you are, I'm sorry for you, help Derek Carr as far as being able to stretch that defense and open up passing lanes for him. Defense is not particularly great either. Raiders, I think, end up at about a five-win football team. Then the Los Angeles Chargers. You're talking about a team that has so much potential and a team that more so, I feel like, than any other team in the NFL is just snake-bitten by injuries. If they stay completely healthy, this is a team that has talents that could be a playoff team, be a deep playoff team. But they just are not able to stay healthy. They spent their first-round pick on Herbert this year. He's not slated to start at the beginning of the season, but I think he will start uh, week five, maybe, because they'll need him to. Eckler had a great season last year, but this is going to be the first time that he's really going to be the guy for an entire season. Once Gordon came back. They really split the ru- split the load last season. This year. I would expect it to be Eckler's team. Week 1. Through week 17. And therefore Eckler is a huge. Uh, target for me. When it comes to fantasy football. Singles for Keenan Allen. Yes, he's not going to have Phillip Rivers throwing to him. But when you're a rookie quarterback, and like I said, I expect Herbert to start at some point this season. You are going to rely on your consistent, really great wide receiver talent in Keenan Allen. So I would expect him to get a lot of targets early and a lot of targets throughout this year. Hunter Henry, a tight end option you might be able to get late uh, just because of injury concerns. But when healthy, Hunter Henry is a top five fantasy tight end. And then defensively, this is a team that is very, very good. Uh, You're talking about White on the defensive side. Uh, out of West Virginia. You're talking about Bosa and Ingram as Book ends rushing. Murray, they just added at, the, at linebacker. Joseph at the nose. You brought in Chris Harris to help that secondary, which now you have a threesome of corners that you're really comfortable with. If... Heaven forbid something happens to one of them, which, like I said, it's the Chargers. Injuries seem to happen to them constantly. And then on the backside, right now, unfortunately, you do not not be starting with the services of Derwin James, who has emerged as possibly the best safety in the NFL right now. But eventually, he will return. It may not be till late in the year, but it Signs are that he will return. Oh, I am sorry. Actually, it says here that he will not return this season. Wow, that is a huge blow for the Chargers. But still a really good team. And a team that I would expect to win eight games. And try to be a wild card team. Uh, I will skip over the Broncos right now because I'm going to wrap up with them. Because that is is my team and likely a decent amount of your team since this is a Colorado-based podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs. uh, Wow, they're just going to be a hard team to beat. Uh, They're coming off a Super Bowl victory, and unfortunately, they may have just only gotten better. Uh, really, Clyde uh, Edwards, uh, what was Edwards Hilaire, CH, drafted him, the only running back actually drafted in the first round, and his skill sets really complement this offense quite nicely. Then, of course, you have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and a couple of young receivers and Robinson Hardman that really kind of emerged last year as legitimate options in the passing game. And Travis Kelsey. I mean, this this offense is going to be very, very hard to stop. And defensively, They just got better as the season went on last year. Uh, They came together more as a team. Matthew really started to take over vocally as a leader in that secondary. And uh, the Chiefs are probably probably a 13-win football team again. And probably... Man, I think I think we'll end up coming down to the Chiefs and the Ravens again out of the AFC. And I think oh, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and this year I'm gonna give the edge to the Ravens and say that the Ravens come out of the AFC. But all in all, I think it's going to be the Saints that win the Super Bowl this year. That is my Super Bowl pick. The New Orleans Saints over the Baltimore Ravens. But now let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Spend a little extra time on them just because they'll be coming into this year with no controversy as far as who the starting quarterback is. Drew Locke entering his second year looking to really step his game up. You have Philip Lindsay now splitting the load with Melvin Gordon. I like Lindsay better than Melvin Gordon. I fantasy-wise, it's kind of a bummer because you know you're splitting the load. But as far as the Broncos go, this is a good thing, I'm going to say. Because you have two running backs that are both starter, Pro Bowl caliber running backs. Uh, When you're talking about Gordon when healthy. And Lindsey has been a Pro Bowl running back in both of his years so far. And just very different styles of running the ball. It will be fun to watch them split the load. Lindsey should be RB1, though. He is the better running back in my estimations. But then you talk about this receiving core. You're going to have Sutton, who Locke really showed chemistry with down the stretch last year. You're bringing in Jerry Judy, who by all accounts is one of the best route runners already and he's just a rookie like people are raving about his route running abilities comparing them to like the best they've seen and he is a rookie that we're talking about but you have him out there you're going to have eventually hamler come back and that blazing speed in particularly, I'm excited to see that in the return game, I'm hoping, to that they put him back there to add that spark in the special teams that Denver has kind of missed in recent years. Last year they had a little bit of it, but not to the extent that I would like to see out of my return game. And then up front, you made the changes, you've added Gotsis, or not. You added Glasgow on the offensive line. you added Cushionberry likely to start at center. and overall it's hard not just not to just feel better about where this offensive line is compared to where it was last year. You flip over to the defensive th- sides of things. Yes, we lost Chris Harris Jr. But he was not looking particularly great last season. And you replace him with Bouye, who was a pro bowler just two years ago. You add Darrell Casey to the front, kind of replacing Derek Wolf. And as much as I like Derek Wolf, that's another likely upgrade when you're talking about replacing him with Darrell Casey. And you're just talking about a defense that is going to be playing his second season under Vic Fangio and just feel more comfortable in this system. Uh, Linebacker-wise, we did lose Von Miller possibly for the entire season, but then when you talk about the fact that we had lost Chubb for all of last season, it's somewhat of a wash and it might even just be an upgrade as much as – again. I've been saying this a lot with talking about this Broncos team, but as much as I love Von Miller, he is not the Von Miller of Super Bowl MVP season. He is Von Miller that's been a little lackluster lately, and Bradley Chubb is a pass rusher on the rise. Then on the inside, you actually have Alexander Johnson, who's going to be able to play a full season this year after being... A rising star not just on his defense but in the league last year and you're going to have Mark Barron that the Broncos brought in who's going to be early on at least platooning with Josie Jewell on passing downs so now you could actually have a linebacker who can match up and cover a tight end something that has just devastated the Broncos in recent history. So overall, I think this defense is going to be better than it was last year. And the offense is going to be better. And going through week by week when I did it, I put the Broncos at 10-6 and 6 on the year. 10-6 and 6 makes them a playoff team. Or at least competing in the race for a wild card spot. So all in all... We have the Bills, the Ravens, the Titans, no, you know what, I'm going to say the Colts are the ones who end up winning the AFC South, and the Chiefs, and then you have the Titans, the Broncos, and the Steelers as the wild cards in my estimation, and like I said, Chiefs end up coming out of the AFC So, I know this has been an extra long episode, but real quick, we'll run down just this week in the NFL and give you my predictions. To start off, tonight we have Thursday Night Football, Texans, and Chiefs. The Chiefs are actually favored by 9.5. I say they win, and I say they cover uh first game you're not really going to have the fans which actually is a whole nother thing talking about not having fans in the season at least start but i think the chiefs win and i think they cover the nine and a half falcons seahawks seahawks are favored by two i think they win that and i think they cover the Jets, Bills, Bills by six and a half. I think the Bills win this game. But I do I think I don't think they cover. I think the Jets cover the spread, but Bills come out victorious. Bears, Lions. Lions are favored at minus three. And I, man, this is just about a coin flip game to me. I'm gonna go ahead and say that the Lions win this. I'm not sure they cover the three points, though. Packers, Vikings, Minnesota is favored by minus 2.5. I'm taking the Packers to win the game outright, so I do not think the Vikings cover that spread. Patriots, Dolphins. This will be a huge game just seeing what the Patriots look like for this season. Patriots are actually favored at minus six and a half. I think that is a huge spread for a team that you don't really know what they're going to look like this season. I'm going to say that the Dolphins cover that, but the Patriots actually start off this season with a W. Eagles against the Washington football team. Eagles are favored by five and a half. I think they cover that and win this football game. Raiders at Panthers, the Las Vegas Raiders are actually favored by minus three. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that. I think the Panthers win this game. Uh, it, it could be a close game. But I think the Panthers end up pulling this one out. Colts, Jaguars. Colts are favored by minus eight. And I think they win, and I think they cover. Browns, Ravens. Ravens are favored by minus 7.5. And and I think the Ravens do win, but I think the Browns can cover that 7.5 early on this season. The, The Ravens may not necessarily be clicking on all cylinders yet, and you don't really see as much of the effect of that dominating run attack as early in the season and it's not going to play as big of an impact as it will late in the season I again I think Baltimore wins this game but I think it will be closer than seven and a half Bengals Chargers Chargers are favored by minus three I think they win and I think they cover that fairly easily I think that's kind of a small spread For this game. Bucks at Saints. Saints are favored by minus three and a half. Such a hard one to predict. Just like the Bucks are such a hard team to predict. Because you don't know what you're going to get out of Tom Brady. But Saints win. Saints cover. Cardinals 49ers. 49ers are favored by minus seven. I think the 49ers win, but I think the Cardinals cover that spread. It'll be a closer game than that. I like the Cardinals this year. Cowboys-Rams. Cowboys are favored by minus three. And I think they win, and I think they cover on the first Sunday night game of the season. Monday. We actually get two Monday night games Week 1, per huge Starting off, Steelers at Giants. Steelers are favored by 5.5. They win and they cover that. Yes. And then, to saving the best for last, the NFL decided to have the Titans at the Broncos. Titans are actually favored by minus 2. And I think... Oh my goodness. This is a hard one, but I'm going to have to say that the Broncos uh, I'm going to I'm going to play with my heart here. I say the Broncos win this game. I say the Broncos win this game. Start off the season 1 and 0. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of What Sports the NFL Kickoff show. I will be back next week talking about how these picks went down and recapping what happened and also potentially, hopefully, have another episode coming out here soon talking about the Nuggets and how they could possibly try to salvage a series that they're down 3-1, once again, this time to the Los Angeles Clippers. But don't forget to follow me. On Instagram and Twitter at AK Coach Jones. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, give it a like, give it a comment, give it a follow. This has been your host, Mike Jones. Until next time, have fun, y'all.